What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. My good friend, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern, across from me. Today, we're going to talk about the last cartridge designed by Mr. Roy Weatherby himself, the 240 Weatherby. Ryan, this is one that when we first kind of started talking about, I think it was a listener request. I think somebody brought it up. Somehow it ended up on our list to talk about. Maybe it was you. I don't know. We're always talking cartridges these days. Seems to be that. One you don't really hear about that often. No. What's going on here? It's one I've always wanted. Always wanted. No good reason. I was going to say, has it evaded you? No. Or you just kind of like can't justify it? A couple of times that I almost pulled the proverbial trigger, I talked myself off the ledge because I'm like, what is this really giving me other than it has an enormous amount of like... um, uh, sex appeal. Yes. There's something innately attractive about the cartridge. And I don't know if it's nostalgia, of which I was not part of, you know, this cartridge came out in the late 60s, so it think, doesn't... I uh, 68 is saying here. So I, I mean, I wasn't around when it came out, or just like what it represents. What year uh, 20 years later, 1988. 88? 88. 88. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember, when, I remember when my dad got his 88 F-250. Wow. Went on a lot of adventures in that truck. You were just a babe. Just a pup. Um, but it's a super cool cartridge. It's something very fascinating about it. Um, and, you know, you're wearing a really appropriate shirt today. You've got your Speed Goat sure. from the Go Hunt Speed Goat Edition shirt. And, uh, boy, you want to talk about a phenomenal pronghorn cartridge. It would be. It would be hard to beat. This thing, uh, I guess, uh, it's got all the... Uh Roy Weatherby attributes, or at least most of them. Yeah. Uh, she's fast. It's today not as fast as you might think, but at the time, nothing like it. At the time, for sure, the fastest six oh, millimeter. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which is also a 240.243. Yep. I love these, these talk. It, it's a six millimeter, but it's also a 243, but it's the 240. Correct. R- right. Yeah. And then he kind of went ping-ponging on that a little bit because he had like the 340, which was actually a 338. Mm-hmm. So he went up a few points, went down a few points in the 243 to 240. But in that same, now we're getting kind of away from the 240, 240 Weatherby, but in the same discussion, there's the six, okay. No, the six millimeter Remington was also the 244 Remington. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. But they're all .243 diameter bullets. Correct. Okay. Back on track with the 240. Mm-hmm. She is fast. Oh, it's cooking. 80 grain barns at 3,500 feet per second is the current factory loading. I was seeing some stuff, like some hand load stuff that were pushing, I think they were 62 grain. Oh, you'll go well north four grand. They were, they were exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which oh. is uh, very fast. Very not really a, like a big game hunting load. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, so, yeah, at the time, it represented the fastest six millimeter in existence and kind of does today, but it does so in typical overbore fashion. Like there's a, an exceptional amount of waste to get a fairly marginal gain. Okay. Um, so for the comparison today, I looked at the factory offerings from Weatherby in the select 
plus premium ammunition. Which is mm-hmm. They have a number of different bullets. They've got a hammer bullet option. They've got a Barnes bullet option. They've got a Nosler bullet option. Actually, they might have two Noslers. I have those here in my notes here. I, oh. Which you nailed them off the top of your head, but it's, it's the 72 grain hammer custom. That'd be flying. The 100 grain Hornady interlock. Okay, interlock. That's the soft shot, point option. Shot a couple deer with interlocks. Yeah. Uh, 80 grains Barnes TTSX. That's probably what you'd pick. Uh, I say that, I don't know why I said it with that tone of voice, because it's a great bull. It's probably what I'd pick, too, actually, out of the bunch. Ooh, but the 90-grain Nosler Accubond as well. I would be uh, very drawn to that one as well. They're all good bullets. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would pick that one. Um, It's good for you. Yeah, that's that's a good bullet. Um, Okay. So the 80-grainer is clocking 3,500 feet per second. Which is a lot. That's a, it's a good number. It's a big case, though. So a little bit about the case before we dive into the ballistics. I think it's one of the coolest cartridges from Weatherby because it's a .30-06 right. with a belt and a radius shoulder. When I, because in my readings, which, you know, you know the stuff off the top of your head, uh, that's what I found interesting about it. It's got all the Weatherby stuff, mm-hmm. but the case itself was kind of borrowed. Yeah, a little bit. It was it was a, a bit bastardized, a little borrowed. Um, the two twenty four Weatherby, which is one we haven't talked about yet either, which maybe in the future we will, also had a similar thing going on. Um, so, you know, conventionally, uh, the original Weatherby Magnum started with an H and H length case, so like three hundred Weatherby, for instance, H and H length case, radius shoulder, retained the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, cartridges like the two fifty seven, the 270 and the 7, then were a shortened version of that, more similar to that of like a 300 wind mag, retained the belt, got the radius shoulder. The 240 Weatherby is basically a custom piece of brass modeled after a lot of the dimensions that the 30-odd 6 brings to the table. Neck down to 6, added a belt, gave it the radius shoulder. Yes. When we look at it um, from, from like a, a similar cartridge, that would have existed in similar time frame. It would be something like the six millimeter ot six Ackley. Okay. So a little bit snoozier than a regular six millimeter ot six, which offers a marginal increase in performance over like a, a two forty three Winchester. The Ackley version gives it a pretty notable increase in performance. Um, fast forward to modern day times. So we have the factory loading eighty grain Barnes TTSX at thirty five hundred feet per second. Barnes has a factory-loaded 80-grain TTSX in the 243 that's moving 3350. So that's not an insignificant amount of velocity gain. But what you had to put into it yeah. to gain... Yeah. So you're, you're in a mid to upper 50s class of, of powder into the 240 and um, 10 grains less in the 243. Now, there's 150 feet per second disadvantage to the 243 right but it's still laser fast and still more than enough juice for a pronghorn or a mule deer or a whitetail um, i think it'd be a little light for an elk although it would probably do the job not my flavor i think right bullet right distance sure um but it's cool because i mean in regular weather I bet be- there's a lot i bet there's a lot of folks out there listening that they're like oh yeah there's there's been some elk killed with the old 243. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it, right? And there's, it's great. I think it's fine. I think it's actually a fine elk cartridge. Context, provided you... Yeah. Context being correct. Context right. correct, yeah. Um, so at the time, it did represent something that was just absolutely, you know, house fire. Modern loadings in 243, 6 Creedmoor, are getting 
very close to it and doing so much more efficiently without some of the funny business. Some people may agree with that statement or not, like a, a belt and that radius shoulder. They don't really bother me in loading. I, I've had a 300 Weatherby f- for many years, mm-hmm. 2007 or eight. So. The kind of one of the gripes with that radius shoulder is, or of from reloaders is that radius shoulder. It's right? never it's never negatively impacted anything that I've had to do with. Okay. And I've full length sized and I've neck sized. I, at the time, I was like, oh, I have to neck size to take advantage of this very special case design. Um, I got a bunch of once fired brass and then I fire formed them to my chamber using 150 grain FMJs and a reduced charge. Um, again, this was a very young version of me that I was going to say, is that recommended? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't in general say that you need to do that at all. If you were going to go, you know, go from a non Ackley case to an Ackley case, not a bad way to go. Um, but what I had done is I had fire formed every piece of brass that I had, which shortened my barrel life. <laughs> significantly because um, it was a lot of brass and then I had neck sized um, from then on out and then I had done kind of a little test later on neck sizing versus full length sizing did I see appreciable differences no for the amount of effort put in yeah um, none none whatsoever so I, I would say that that radius shoulder and all the gripes I've read or heard or have been told about them doesn't. Yeah. Refresh my memory, and I should know because I know we've talked about it before together. Uh, the radius shoulder, it's it's thought to sure. do what? Increasing case capacity over the original case, parent case. Okay. So I guess instead of going like this, you're... Correct. Okay. It's, that's one part. I made a hand gesture if you're watching on YouTube. Nothing Second offensive. part... Um, so think about automotives class when we were talking about Venturi's. Mm-hmm. Conceptually, that radius design creates a natural Venturi effect inside of the case and was thought to burn powder more efficiently within the case. Okay. Um, so when we're looking at large volumes of powder like that, how do we make sure that we get an efficient burn? We've got this neat Venturi shoulder that you know creates that uh, internal vortices. I was going to say a vortex, yeah, if you will. That, maybe burns powder differently. Hmm. Um, okay. all, all that being said, uh, enter the 240 Weatherby Magnum, a very petite, I mean, in comparison with its brethren on, on the upper side of the, uh, you know, cartridge families, a very petite, attractive case, especially if you like the looks of a Weatherby case, that, that radius shoulder and belt um, being part of that, um, does offer some significant import performance values increased over other six millimeter options out there, especially if you're moving heavier bullets. Okay, um, sure. And and if you're a nut for velocity, um, but barely hanging on, barely hanging on. You still get them, but barely. Well, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as factory rifles offered in that cartridge, it is just Weatherby, correct? As far as I know. That's all I was aware yep. of as well. Yep. If you're out there and you know of something different, let us know. Yep. Um, and that's not uncommon with those cartridges too. They often weren't available in, in other guns. And there's there's some, um, you know, exceptions to that. You know, Remington's produced factory 300 Weatherby's before. And, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. Um, but not terribly common to see it outside of the line, um, which is fine. So... If you want a 240 Weatherby, 
you should get one. You can really only get it from like one place and you really got to be a fan of what it's bringing to the table and understand that, yes, it has a performance advantage at the penalty of, you know, greater recoil, shorter barrel life, um, pretty expensive ammunition. And if you're going to reload for it, that's not so much of a concern, but pretty expensive, pretty expensive box ammo. The shorter barrel life thing though, like that's all contextual as well. Yeah. So because if you're a hunter and you're going to shoot less than a hundred rounds a year, How's 10 to 15 years of barrel life sound to you? Right. A lifetime Could for be. many. Yeah. Could um, so yeah, that's, you know, probably not a concern. I got, uh, I got through my first Weatherby factory barrel pretty quick on my 300. It was, part of that was I decided I was going to fire form a tremendous amount of brass. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> and then load practices. Uh, the way I was loading my 300 Weatherby was bizarre. So I was shooting 130 grain Barnes TTSX at 3,650 feet per second. Ooh, dear. Yeah, so I, I should have no other expectation other than a shortened barrel life, right? Um, but if I got a 240 Weatherby, I'm torn as to what I would get it in. I would, I would either want it in like a Mark V, like a Deluxe, or like a Euromark or a Laser Mark, like a really fancy wood-stocked gun with a very high-gloss blued finish. Yes. Or I'd want it in something like a Mark V Outfitter or like something like very modern, Cerakoted, rugged camo stock in 240. I don't know. I can't. I'm torn. I don't know what I do. I think it'd be just absolutely a treat to go out and chase pronghorn and mule deer with a 240 Weatherby, though. That just seems quintessentially Western. There'd be something. I mean, those guys are, you know, they're located in Wyoming now, so it yeah. does. Maybe it makes a little more sense. Um, got some printouts here. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything off my printouts that didn't they didn't print that well. I think we covered the nuts and bolts of it, though. I mean, yeah. that is the 240 Weatherby. Yep. I'd be curious to ask the listeners out there, if you have a 240 Weatherby, do you like it? Do you sing its praises? Have you never heard of it before? Uh, it's just not one you see all that often. It's not. But there's nothing wrong with it, though. We had, like, two boxes of ammunition at the gun shop that I worked at. They, I think they were there well before I got there. I'd be surprised if they're still there today. <laughs> I, I only, there are things. I'm, I'm trying to think because I've worked at a couple outdoor stores over the years. And, uh, like, there's, the, you know, that I, that I you know, like, uh, you'd go to as a, as a kid, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden you're, like, of age and you can work. Yeah. And you're, like, item X has been there since I've been going to the store. And some it's just still on the shelf. It's almost uh it's like a like a totem. I I was back there two Decembers ago, that, that gun shop. Um and there was a gun on the wall that I wrote the hang tag on. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Can what was it? I don't want to disparage whatever, right? Like you never want one of these. It'll never sell. Uh it was a it was kind of a weird shotgun. Okay. So <laughs> um yeah, that's that's a that's a neat cartridge though. That 240 Weatherby, that's a neat thing, and and uh, really cool history behind it. As many of the Weatherby cartridges have a storied history of being the fastest, flattest shooting, most powerful, hard hitting cartridges on the planet. Um, it's neat. I, I, I do want one. I don't know what I wanted, and maybe I want it in like a Model 70. That's all done up. No, I got to do it in a Weatherby. That, yeah, it's just wrong of me to do it. I pick. It's a classic cartridge. From a classic time, doing classic things. Yep. Like I think you just got to go. 
I agree. Or the classic Woodstock. I mean, I'm talking high gloss, gloss blued barrel. Yep. All the things that you don't want to destroy when you had a field. Correct. Like that's what Crawling through sagebrush and over rock piles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, when I look at it amongst others in my safe, it is doing nothing that my 243 can't. No. Um, not anymore, anyway. Not anymore. Well, and that's one thing I was, I was closing this out a minute ago, and now we're not. Um, Sorry. That's fine. This is how we this is how we get to where we want to go is oh, through discussion, yeah. right? Um I think of some of these cartridges of of uh you know years past, like the two forty Weatherby, and it's like speed, uh, this, that, the other. And you're looking at it at a time where like not only did we just like not have range finders, mm-hmm. you know, it's like just to know the range, right? And, and I'm not even thinking of it in terms of because now we can use a ballistic calculator and dial our corrections for, you know, extended long-range precision shooting. Like, the, the, that aside, just not knowing the range going, man, a fast, flat-shooting cartridge can make, you know, is it 300 yards? Is it 500 yards? Yeah. I mean, and that sounds like, a, like such a gross uh, miscalculation to be like, 200 yards, how could you not know... But I've I've been surprised over the years. You're oh, yeah. looking across a can. You're like, oh, that's a thousand yards. That's a forever away. And you're like, hmm, that's six hundred yards. Huh? Yep. Yep. We could probably do that. And especially big terrain, with big gullies and dead ground and small critters like pronghorn. Mm-hmm. Pronghorn especially very difficult to field judge distance on. Oh yeah, I think it's flat out there. Yep. They you know, look, in a lot of areas. Yep. Not, not all, but um, they look tall and they look big. Like, you wouldn't think that a pronghorn is much different in size than a mule deer, and then a big pronghorn goes 110 pounds, and a big mule deer goes 310. Yep. And that's a big difference. Um, and when, when you're looking at a relatively small critter, a lot, in big country, big open country, with not a lot of things to judge distance on, yeah, I can absolutely see why that was the way to do it. A huge asset. Absolutely. I mean, there's been many times where I thought things were... Much closer than I range it. I'm like, yeah. oh, or, it's, yeah. or, or, you know, or I'm, conversely, you know, I'm and, thinking, and without in the time, like you said, how handy to yeah. just go, you know what, whether I think it's this much or that much, yeah. I'm, I'm still probably going to get them. I'm thinking of a pronghorn right now that uh, we looked at last year on, on part of the property that we hunt. And I, same thing. I would have, I would have judged him at seven and he ended up at like low fours. It's like, woof. Thank goodness for these rangefinders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you potentially go from how do we get closer to let's go, yep. like it's go time. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Well, there you have it. The two forty Weatherby. Yeah. Like I said, do you have one? Do you love it? Tell us about yours. And uh, until next time, happy hunting and shooting. See you. Bye.